Hi, welcome to my podcast, Just Chill, where I talk about all things metaphysical, spiritual, and energetic. Each episode is a short story about my life and where I give live examples of what I've experienced in effort to teach and to also validate your own experience. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Just Jill. We're at episode 12. Last episode I recorded was for September 11th and my memories of that day and some of my experiences in New York City. So now we're moving into um, a little bit of the fear zone. I want to talk a little bit about fear. I want to talk about healthy fear. I want to talk about some of the differences in spirit and really showcase that it's not really cookie cutter, one size fits all. When we cross over, and I think some of my previous episodes have illustrated this, that spirits linger for as long as they need to um, before they transition. But additionally, um, there's some there's some interplay with each other that happens after their passing, which I didn't realize until I had an experience in one of the stories I will share. So I talk a little bit about, um, in this beginning of this episode, my fear around, um, communicating with spirit and the scarier types of situations or really from spirits that hadn't crossed over and they were still connected to their, their human identity and, um, how that manifested in interaction with me. And the common question I get with those interactions is, are you afraid? Were you afraid? Are you still afraid? Um, you know, when I meet with a new client or have someone, just meeting someone in general, not even a client, just someone who is interested in what I do, one of the first questions they ask are, are you afraid? Uh, no, I'm not. However, it took me a while to get there. It took me uh, a long time to get there. In the very beginning, I mean, and I'll go back to childhood, I didn't really understand what I was seeing. Um, so in the early days, it was just sort of an oddity. I could see things. I didn't really understand why I was seeing it. And I also had um, a strong religious influence in my life. So sometimes these images appeared like angels, and they probably were. Uh, so I really didn't have any fear around that, and I didn't see, in particular, I didn't see anything dark So uh, as a child, that I recall anyway. Um, as I got older and I started having more premonition, those were um, dark sometimes. Um, one in particular was very dark, which I'm not going to go into in this episode, but... Um, what it did, and any anytime anyone asks me, or if I'm you know face to face with a student or a client, um, I'll often try to explain that our experiences with spirit aren't there to particularly harm us um, or make us afraid, but this there is a certain amount of healthy fear that motivates us, that pushes us in a direction of questioning, of searching, and finding answers. So that's the perspective I'm coming out with regards to anything that was sort of scary and that I didn't quite understand. Now, uh, of course, my work has brought me to communication with people that are um, crossed over, are deceased. They're no longer in their physical body and only remain in spirit. So 
for me and coming from my perspective and my personal experience, my interaction with spirit over the years since very early, you know, since a very young girl to um, a middle-aged woman, my experience with spirit has been one of training and discernment and education. (laughs) So I sort of have to learn um, the consciousness of, uh, of the beings that exist in the world in order to really be able to understand who I'm communicating with. So I come at it from that perspective. Now, um, the first real, you know, sort of uh, moment that that frightened me was, I'll be honest, the first time I ever saw a form show up in my house. And that was, you know, I'll go back to, I think I, I, think I talked about that in episode 9 or 10 where I talk about the lights and um, so that was really my first sort of experience. Was it was it really scary? Well, it wasn't particularly scary, just sort of like, why am I seeing this? And then going to that questioning. So it sort of builds from there. I began to fully see outside of myself um, after I had a healing and, and after my father died was when I couldn't stop things from coming in. Up to that point... They were random. They came in uh, uncontrolled, and then after uh, my father passed away, I started. It was uncontrolled. It was all the time, constant. Um, things that started happening then is I would have sort of wandering spirit come into my awareness, um, subtly at first, and then really strong. So the first story I'll talk about was when uh, my children were really little. And it was just before my father's passing. My um, son was playing in my home, and I live in a I live in a traditional sort of um, colonial two-story home. So you know you can run basically a circle on the lower level from the living room through the hallway to the kitchen to the dining room, and then you know to the front entry, and then you know around again. So my son was probably about. Uh, 16, between 16 and 18 months old. And he would love to run this circle. He would run this lap. And I would try to discourage it a little bit as he was winding down for bed by turning off the lights in the dining room and kitchen. So only only room that was really lit was the hallway and the, and the living area, living room. And he would run these, he didn't care. He would just run these laps anyway, just run, 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 laughing and giggling. And um, he was running one of these laps, and he stopped cold in his tracks in the dining room and just started screaming and ran into the living room to me and held me and was shaking and crying. And so it was very, I was like, what is going on? Because it was here one moment earlier, this boy is laughing, carrying on and running. I thought he had stepped on something or hurt himself. So I was like, what's wrong? What happened? And he just looked at me and he said, scary man, mama, scary man. And, um, a lot of my friends know this story because it's, it was the first time I was hearing things from my children that I had experienced as a child myself. So I was like, whoa, okay. Why? Okay. And I'm like, it's okay. And so I walk, I remember walking over to the dining room. I didn't feel or see anything. And um, like, hmm, okay. Well, it doesn't discount that he saw it. So 
uh, put him to bed, calmed him down, put him to bed. And um, over the course of the next year, he would continue to see Scary Man. So my son really stopped seeing Scary Man or Scary Guys. He would sometimes refer to him when he is about three. Now at this time, his sister's been born and she's getting close to about a year and a half old. And uh, one night, I just put her down to bed. And about half an hour to 45 minutes later, she is screaming in her bedroom. So I run into her bedroom. It's about 10 o'clock at night. What's wrong? And she's standing in her crib, and she's pointing to the corner of her room. And she says, scary man, mama, scary man. And I just feel the blood draining from my body and I pick her up and I take her out of the bedroom because I didn't know what to do and I thought oh my god my daughter's seeing him now too what is going on and she continues to see him for a while where my son stopped and now she's starting to see and um, most of it's pretty benign. She still sleeps. She'll wake up and she'll be scared and she'll say scary guy or scary man. But it wasn't until uh, one morning when I picked her up out of her crib and brought her down to the living room that we really had a significant moment with scary guy. One morning she wakes up really early and I I get out of bed and I pick her up out of her crib and I bring her downstairs and we sit in this overstuffed leather chair sort of tucked into a corner and I'm rocking her on my lap trying to get her to calm down and go back to sleep for a little bit. And she sits straight up and she looks behind me and then she looks at me again and she goes, Mama, scary man. And she points behind me. Now, if that doesn't send chills up your back... I don't know what does. And so I said, he is. And she said, she just nodded at me with these big wide eyes. And, uh, I said, okay, okay. Well, if you don't, if you don't want him there and he scares you, you just tell him to go away with your very confident voice. And she says, okay. And she takes the nook out of her mouth, this little pacifier. And she leans to the side and her really strong, mean, two-year-old face she says go away and I said that was really good that was a good job did he go away and she peeks around my shoulder again and she she gives me a nod yep and I said good girl why don't you go upstairs and mommy will be right there so I set her off my lap and I turned to face behind me and I said I don't care if you're in this house, but if you scare my children one more time, I will find a way to get rid of you. And I said, that's our deal. You can be here, but don't, don't scare them. So at this point in my life, my father had been passed away for about, um, eight months, something like that. Emma had been seeing Scary Guy for a while, and um, I had been going through uh, depression, uh, 
anxiety, anger, all of those things that you go through after you lose a loved one. And I eventually went to a healer. And I think I've talked about this in a previous episode um, about my spirit guide. But when I went to this healer, they, um, they, well, they did a lot of stuff <laughs> to my body energetically. And then this is where my father stepped forward to bring me a message. But I had told these women about the man in my house. And um, after I had talked about it, I, I basically came home with a new assertion of, I'm going to clear my house. I don't want this in my house. So I came home that day from that healing and that message from my father and this whole new I don't shift of awareness that was happening. And I very confidently stood in my house and told him, you will be gone. And that night I went to bed and I had a visit. This visit was something that appears to be, I'm going to say common, not common, but when people talk about this, it's sort of a common thing to happen. So I was sleeping and I woke up to this feeling of someone standing at the end of my bed. So I woke up, and they weren't standing in the end of my bed. They were standing outside my doorway to my bedroom. And I saw just a, just the outline of a figure, dark figure, black against black, like a hole in the environment. And this figure walked towards me, walked to the end of my bed. And at that moment, I couldn't, um, I couldn't move my body. They stood at the end of the bed and they looked at me and then they just began climbing up my body and I could feel the pressure moving from my feet to my shins, to my knees, to my thighs, all the way up my body until this figure was fully laying on my body and the pressure was as if there was a body on top of mine. Um, I was pinned, and I had one free hand. My left hand was free. My, my right hand was pinned against my body, and this figure wrapped their arm around the back of my head and covered my mouth so I couldn't speak. With my free hand, I tried to wake my husband laying next to me. And I finally got the words out, you're dead, you're dead. And just like that, it was gone. But in my mind, as scary as it was, in my mind, I began to rationalize. I started asking questions like, why would this happen? But for me, it was sort of, a, again, going back to teaching, it was an awareness of, of the spirit of my house, solidifying the belief that he was here, and then also understanding that I had sort of made an agreement and um, broke it. 
And what does that look like? Now, that doesn't mean that ghosts are, I think, intentionally going to do these things. But unless I have an awareness of something, I can't speak to it, teach about it, talk about it, or truly understand the way spirits or souls manifest, use our energy to do things, and, and also use fear to motivate and manipulate us. That's the dark side of things. And from that point, I think I had quite a new appreciation for Scary Guy. And we never saw him again. The children never saw him. And he's never, he's never uh, made any sort of announcement in the house after that. So that was probably not the scariest thing that's happened to me, but it's definitely the first one that shifted my awareness into what spirit was capable of um, and what I was truly dealing with uh, when I was working with spirit. So again, it's that for me, I was looking at it like an education, not quite at that point, but in general now when I look back, yes, absolutely. So the next one I want to talk about is an interesting story because it solidified my belief in what I was seeing. And I think, I think you probably think, well, at this point, didn't you believe? Yes, because I had third-party validation. Um, if I was seeing something and or spirit was saying something to me and I could tell my client and there was agreement there, understanding, I got, okay, I, I get that. This was video evidence of something existing and proof of what I had seen showing up on a security camera, which sort of shook me a little bit. I'm going to be honest. I'm like, oh, holy shit. Okay, well, there, there it is. Yep, what you really see, Jill, exists. And it was a sort of a, I don't know, just a weird epiphany. So the story goes, there was a building uh, in the town where I live, and it had um, a haunting. There was a spirit in the building, and it was starting to move things and be distracting and whatnot. So um, they asked me to come in and take a look at it. And I did, and I actually brought two um, girlfriends with me to see if there's anything they could see um, in addition to myself or feel or anything, and then any suggestions on what we should do. So there were a couple things going on in the building, but um, one in particular was there were two spirits, but only one was really present and visible, um, which was an older man. And I couldn't, uh, I couldn't see anything else, even though I knew there was something else there. I thought, well, it's okay. Um, we'll come back. And I knew that I was supposed to come back in about a week. And at this point, I want to explain a little bit about what I'd done to my home to sort of prevent things from coming into my home without, um, without the desire of crossing over. So that work is called psychopomp work. I still do that work. Um, but basically I, I don't necessarily believe in protection. I just believe in, in, in creating boundaries. So I have boundaries around my property boundaries around my space in my bedroom. Cause I really don't like being waking up at night. So I come home from doing this work at this building 
And I can see this man from the building on the side of my property pacing. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Like as soon as I got home from doing it, oh, that's interesting. You're, you're here and you cannot get onto my property. Hmm. Okay. Interesting observation means you kind of like where you are and you don't want to move from beyond that. That's fine. And I completely honor that with spirits and don't try to push anything when I do any of this work. So I come into the house and, you know, go about my day and then I'm getting ready for, for bed and I come out of the bed, the bathroom where I'd brush my teeth and I stepping onto the landing and standing in front of me clear as day was a young woman in a white gown. She was shorter than me, maybe five feet tall, young, very young. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't put her over 15 years old. And she just stood there staring at me. And it, it is shocking. I don't want to come off like, and I was troll a lot. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I came to the bathroom like, oh my God, okay, hi. <laughs> uh, someone is here. All right. And most, most clairvoyants, um, most mediums will see in what they call their mind's eye. Um, sometimes we see outside of ourselves. And this is one of those moments where she showed up outside of myself, not in my mind's eye, in clear view in front of me. And uh, I was like, okay, well, you're clearly in the house. These are my thoughts. You're clearly in the house, so you're ready to cross. And you must be associated with the building I saw today. All right, I'm here to help you. She could not come into my bedroom, which they shouldn't be, coming into my bedroom unless they're with me, um, guides and those kinds of things. And so the next day she, I'm driving to work and she shows up in my car. This happens a lot with spirits, especially ones that are ready to cross or move. They'll show up in your car. They'll show up in your shower. They'll show up in the bathroom. They'll show up when you're sort of zoned out. And I said, I know you're here. I know that I'm aware of you, but you have another spirit at this building who's very adamant about your leaving him and I'm trying to understand it. And so I don't want to just cross you and then I'm now I'm going to be dealing with the wrath of this other spirit. So I'm trying to work it out. And she got very uh, she got very angry with me in the car and she started um, she started screaming. And she, I'll never forget it. I was driving in a roundabout and I'm having, I must have looked like the craziest person ever because I have this spirit in my passenger seat screaming at me about crossing. You will cross me. You'll cross me right now. You will cross me right now. And she's just, you know, screaming. And so I said, fine, fine. And I, I said this prayer. I, we, a lot of us do different things. So I said this prayer, I called in light, I expanded my energy, I asked for my guides to come in to help move her to the light. And in an instant, she was gone, just like that. Oh, I guess that worked, because she's not in my car anymore, and she's not screaming. So a few days later, I go back to the building, and I'm talking to the tenants of this building, and I explain what happened, and I explained the man showing up and I explained the girl and the crossing. And so I said, so I'm here to sort of wrap things up and check the building to make sure that he's not, you know, 
acting out of turn. And there were a few of them that I was meeting with that day, and they looked at each other and they said, I think we, she should see the video now. And I was like, video? What are you talking about? They had a security camera of this man and this young girl walking out of a, um, walking from one room to another. And I, I can't even, <laughs> I know, you know, I'm talking, so you can't see my face, but I was in utter shock. Like, you're kidding me right now. Like, I didn't just make all of that up in my head. You've seen them. You knew that you see that you saw them. Didn't say anything to me. And which is good, which is good. Um, and now, uh, there they are on video. It was absolute shock to me. So the, the story of these two spirits, um, in conclusion, when we looked at all of the things that had come forward between myself, my colleagues, um, when she showed up at my house, conversations in my car, his behavior on the side of my property, and then within the building that we were clearing, um, told a story of a man who had taken a young bride, forced himself upon her on his wedding night or on their wedding night, accidentally murdering her and then trying to conceal the body with um, a fire, and which also consumed him. In death, they stayed in this sort of state of purgatory and him holding her there like a hostage almost. It was a pretty wild realization to see that one spirit had that much power and dominion over another to make her feel that all those years she was incapable of leaving him and his side. And imagining that sort of feeling of this eternal damnation with someone that is, you know, domineering and someone who didn't, you don't want to be attached to anyway. Um, I could understand her, her aggressive sort of nature and wanting to be moved as soon as possible. Uh, he's still there as far as I, the last time I checked in and, um, been very quiet. listening and as always you can continue to support me on anchor where you can also find my other podcast breaking beyond guided meditations